right, welcome back. It's the Ball Don't Lie right here on 104.9 The Horn. We'll get back to conference championship review. Uh, Chiefs beating the Cincinnati Bengals. Um, Eagles with a you know, dominant win after knocking out the third and fourth string quarterback of the 49ers. Uh, they move on to the Super Bowl. We'll talk about that, of course, but we'll review the championship weekend coming up again in the 5 o'clock. But right, right now, we're going to stick to the NFL. But we're going to go to the Dallas Cowboys, Harge, because I'll give my man uh, Patrick some credit because he said this on Friday when we were talking about Kellen Moore and we didn't really know what was going to happen. He said, they're going to dump it. They're going to yep. dump it right during the championship game. Kudos, brother. That's exactly what they did. Yeah, I, right I in between. Think, I didn't think he was going to wait until, right in between. until the Eagles were celebrating to drop it. Oh, man. It was, <laughs> right, in, right, it was right smack dab in between. I'm like, what? Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. Uh, so <laughs> they do part ways, uh, Kelly Moore and the Dallas Cowboys. I'll read the official statement yeah. um, because uh, both, I believe, the, uh, the Cowboys put out an official statement and then Mike McCarthy had a statement as well. Uh, here is uh, the statement put out by Mike McCarthy and I guess the Cowboys after continued after continuing through our end of season review process and having a, additional discussion kellen and the cowboys reached a mutual decision to part mm-hmm. ways there you go mutual he said i want to thank kellen for his deep commitment hard work and dedication that were a core part of his time with the cowboys um the production of our offense and his mentorship of dak were at the center of kellen's impact and we are grateful for his tenure and leadership we wish kellen and his wife julie and their family the absolute best as they set out on the next chapter of their lives remember that it makes i think eight now assistant coaches total that have been uh, relieved of their duty with the Dallas Cowboys and it has also been reported by the Dallas Morning News uh, I'll read the excerpt here. The club and more came to what is described as a mutual decision to part ways and teams around the NFL searching for a coordinator or aware of more statuses, obviously prior to him getting the job with the Chargers. Um, but it also said here that head coach Mike McCarthy will assume play calling duties. In the wake of Moore's departure, a person with knowledge of the shakeup said, Now, guys, you remember my conspiracy theory when I jumped out on the grassy knoll and I said, Guys, I think this is Jerry setting Mike McCarthy up. Now, whether it's setting Mike McCarthy up or whether he just, you know, wants Mike McCarthy to be more hands on, I'm not sure exactly what the, uh, the intention is. But I think for Jerry Jones, getting rid of Kelly Moore, or at least parting ways with Kelly Moore, I said he was going to make Mike McCarthy the play caller, and he wants him more hands-on with Dak. Therefore, if Dak ends up uh, evolving and Dak ends up breaking through this kind of glass ceiling Mm -hmm. that he's hit lately, and if he ends up becoming a better quarterback than the one we've seen the last few years, and Dak becomes goes close to being that elite status, that is inextricably tied to the Cowboys' success as a team. And inevitably, I believe if Dak ends up becoming closer to being an elite quarterback, the Cowboys will also break through the divisional round, get to the conference championship or the Super Bowl. So that's the only way, by the way, that Mm -hmm. I believe Mike McCarthy can keep his job or have job stability or security based on my random conspiracy theory. Otherwise, Dan Quinn or who knows, or Sean Payton, I don't know if Sean Payton's still out there, they become the prime candidate to replace one Mike McCarthy if Dak Prescott regresses or is stagnant or his or plateaus and or if they don't get past a divisional round. And I think both of those two things are connected. I think we all agree. So 
I don't disagree with any of that. But my only cons- my conspiracy theory is: Does Jerry have that kind of time? Jerry's eighty eight years old. Yes, Jerry can't sit there and look for a coach to to fail so he can grab Sean Payton. My thought process was. If that was the case, you need to go get him now. You need to do whatever it takes to go out there and get him and make it happen because I just look at this, and I can't believe I'm about to say this, but we all thought about this. It was like when Mike McCarthy said, we don't know, we're going to have to have a conversation this weekend, Mm -hmm. we kind of knew the writing was on the wall there. Very true. But is Mike McCarthy, do we believe that Mike McCarthy is that dude? Is, or are they going to go out there and get somebody else that can come in? I know as of right now, they're saying that he is going to call the plays. I know he's had success. I know he's been a play caller. But he also had Aaron Rodgers. Mm-hmm. And Aaron Rodgers could you know, single-handedly change a lot of things and make you look outstanding. Very true. And Aaron kind of got tired of him and thinking that he got lazy and wasn't doing the things that he needed to do. But the other part of this is, does, what does Dak Prescott need? What what is a bigger bigger need? Is it is it Mike McCarthy to call the plays, or is it he needs somebody else to come back in and settle him down, making him sharp? Because I went back and looked at some of the other people you talked about, um, Scott Linehan. I'm also looking at what John Kitna did for him as well when he was the uh, quarterbacks coach and being around there. Maybe that was the missing piece that he needed during that time. I also believe that there's a chance that. Dak Prescott does take this opportunity to go forward, but is it truly going to be on Mike McCarthy to change it? Because Mike McCarthy didn't change the plays on the sideline, at least not to to my knowledge, because Mm -hmm. the whole story was, oh, this is going through Kellen, this is going through Kellen. If I'm the head coach and I see bad tendencies, seven curl routes in a row, (laughs) seven, and we don't make adjustments, why are you not stepping in at that point as the head coach? I think that's why we got to kind of look at what Mike McCarthy was doing and saying, okay, are you just now going to take the reins because you think you're going to do better with that? You know what I'm saying? Like, y'all let him walk away, and now he's going to go with Justin Herbert. And I guarantee you, if if they use Austin Eckler the way that he should be used, they're going to be potent over there in L.A. Well, but getting back to the Cowboys, um, I mean, I understand what you're saying about about – Jerry Jones, there should be more urgency for Jerry Jones considering his age. But he doesn't have a reason. He's not 88. He's 80. Yeah, he he doesn't have a reason to fire Mike McCarthy. Right, the 12 and 5, 12 and 5. Yeah, there's no justification. He's gotten better. The team has gotten better every year he's been there. You had, uh, what, five games without your starting quarterback this year. And they showed they can win without their starting quarterback. Um, So you don't have a reason to fire him. You can fire him, but in the court of public opinion, you're just going to be mocked and ridiculed. Yeah. Because there's no reason for you to fire Mike McCarthy. He's he, he, so I somebody think, had to go. Yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Right? Because you can't. Dak's not going anywhere. So you got to change something. The definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again, expecting different results. That's essentially what you would have been doing. So I, I I don't disagree with the move, even though you guys know I'm a killing more fan. Yep. Uh, I think what Jerry Jones has observed, and I'm not saying this is right or wrong. I, I'm just saying what Jerry Jones has observed is the turnaround happened when Dan Quinn came on the staff. First season, yep. Mike McCarthy making most of the decisions. All the decisions, Cowboys were an absolute dumpster fire. <laughs> they were a disaster. Bring in Dan Quinn, and the culture changes 
drastically on one side of the ball, but even the team culture changed. Now, I'm not saying that this is all Dan Quinn or not, but I'm thinking Jerry Jones is seeing this and going, man, I think Dan Quinn's responsible for more of this success mm-hmm. than a Mike McCarthy. Mm-hmm. You know what? Let's see. Let's see if Mike McCarthy or Dan Quinn's more responsible for the success. If Mike McCarthy can turn around Mike quarterback Dak Prescott, turn him into an elite quarterback, and now run his offense in an offense that is compatible with Dak's skill set, then Mike McCarthy keeps his job. Because if he does that, inevitably that leads to them breaking through the divisional round getting to a conference championship, mm-hmm. and Dak Prescott becoming basically living up to that big-time contract. If he doesn't do that and they don't break through the divisional round and Dak Prescott plateaus, then you go, Say, sorry, Mike, hey, I got a reason to fire you, man. This is the same thing over and over again. We have this. We got to get past this round. We believe we got to get somebody else in to do that. And then you can go with Dan Quinn or Sean, Sean Payton. Yeah. So I think that's ultimately what this is. This is a test. And it could be setting Mike McCarthy up for failure. Because yeah. you're basically telling him, conference championship or a bust. Well, and if you look at Dak's contract, you pretty much have two more years and then you can get out of it. So you are an expedited, we have to figure out, is Dak the guy or is it the co- do we need to change coaches or change quarterback? And you can't change quarterback yet, so you're going to get rid of Kellen Moore, bring in Mike McCarthy to do it. Mike McCarthy can't do it this year. You're probably stuck with mm-hmm. Dak another year, but you can draft a guy, put him behind Dak. And bring in another coach. And if Dak doesn't do it then, cool. We gave you three coaches, Dak. You didn't get it done. It's time to move on. That's exactly right. But if you if it does work, then all right, it wasn't his fault in the first place. He was getting him put a, he was being put in a position to lose. Yeah. So I think it is in the sense of if he really wanted to be slower with it, then he could wait out the Dak contract and try another quarterback and try and bring someone else in. This is, hey man, I can make one adjustment. I can't make the other one. So let me do this this year. If it doesn't work, I've got one more year that I can go and try whatever, and either I can go out and, and you know promote Dan Quinn and try and bring in somebody else, and maybe I'll go over and try an Eric Bieniemy because Lord knows no one else is ever going to hire him, and, <laughs> or I can go try somebody else who's the hot offensive coordinator, the hot next thing at offensive coordinator, and try it that way. But I, I think it is you know you just need to try something different because Dak is plateauing. I think Kellen Moore keeps wanting to try and add stuff to the offense, and that's not really Dak's strength. Yeah. So mm-hmm. you have to go, you have to go in there and go, "Hey, man, we can't play Joe Burrow football where we're going to loft fifty-fifty balls up into double coverage because that's what you can do when you have Jamar Chase and Joe Burrow. You, we can't do that with Dak Prescott and Ceedee Lamb. They're good, but they're not that. Right. So we have to we have to try and get more space. If we can get people into space, we got to figure out what we're going to do at running back. I think it's I think it's a good move, and uh, I'm excited to see if they if they try and bring in another good offensive mind to be offensive coordinator. Like that is where you take in a Joe Brady or someone like that. Ding 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 that ding. He's not calling plays, but is someone that can work in a room with Mike McCarthy and kind of update some of those schemes and plans from what Mike McCarthy may have been wanting to run in the past. And then the other note of. With Aaron Rodgers, apparently Aaron Rodgers always hated Mike McCarthy because he didn't draft him on the 49ers. Yeah. yeah. So, <laughs> so there was part of it where at the end of that relationship, he hated Mike McCarthy because he didn't draft him. Yeah. No, that that's well known that there's supposed to be animosity between them. He once called Mike McCarthy, questioned his football yep, IQ and did. things of that nature. He did. Uh, but they won a Super Bowl together. We all know that. Um, and Aaron Rodgers, you know, obviously built uh, the, the, most of his Hall of Fame career with Mike McCarthy. So they were good for each other, at least for a, a little 
a little time, all right, yeah. for a while until it got toxic. What I will say is that as a Kellen Moore fan, uh, and I've told Cowboys fans before, your offense, when Kellen Moore is your offensive coordinator and you had a healthy Dak Prescott, mm-hmm. you were first, fourth, and sixth in scoring offense. You were a really potent offense, and I, I, I get it, Cowboys fans. You wanted a better game planning, better adjustments in big games. I totally understand that. And you wanted um, more of a linear, tra- uh, basically, trajectory of development. Um, for Dak Prescott because it looks like he's kind of erratic and all over the place. And, yes, that is linked to Kellen Moore. Um, but what I will say is that, listen, if they both, I told you before, they, can't, they both can't be trash, though, right. with those numbers. Right. you got to pick. Mm-hmm. All right? You can't say, oh, man, Kellen Moore is trash. I was like, oh, okay, so that must mean Dak Prescott's a really good player because they've been a top-five offense. You're like, oh, no, he's trash, too. <laughs> <laughs> well, they both can't be trash, so we gotta right. choose which one's trash. When I if I ask you if Dak Prescott's trash, you go, man, he's trash. And I go, okay, I get that, he's trash. Uh, what Kellen Moore must be really good. Like, no, he's trash too. They both can't be that, and we'll see. This is what I like about this test. I like this experiment, this grand experiment going on right now because we're gonna settle this question yep. and settle this yep. debate once and for all. Because if Kellen Moore goes to the Chargers with a really good young quarterback and Justin Herbert, who doesn't have some of the physical limitations and the ceiling of a Dak Prescott. All right, he doesn't have that. And if he can go there and then he can turn Justin Herbert into an elite quarterback or take his game to the next level, we might go, huh, well, interesting. That's yeah. pretty interesting. And then if you see a Dak Prescott regression while also witnessing a Justin Herbert ascent to elite status, that might tell you something. That makes him a hot right. name again to be but, our head coach. But by the way, both both can thrive. Yep. We had this discussion in the offseason about Patrick Mahomes mm-hmm. and Tyreek Hill. It's like, man, Tyreek Hill leaving Patrick Mahomes, that's a mistake. He's not going to have a quarterback that good. Man, his numbers are about to decline. He's going, you know, he's not going to be as relevant. It's mm-hmm. going to be a sad story. He's going to miss Patrick Mahomes. It's like, oh man, Patrick Mahomes is going to really miss Tyreek Hill. That's his number one weapon. He's a freak. He's the fastest guy in the NFL. It's going to be a serious regression. Well, both the guys thrived away from each other. Yep. That is the hope. All right, me as a Kelly Moore fan and a quasi Cowboys fan, that both Dak Prescott and Kelly Moore separately thrive. Remember, they have the most unique relationship between any offensive coordinator and quarterback in the NFL, being that they competed against one another on the same roster as QB2 and QB3. And then they also ended up being quarterback coach with quarterback because Kelly Moore was appointed to that job. And then most recently as the coordinator and then the quarterback. Nobody has a relationship like that. And by the way, I think it might have been time for them to separate from each other and go go their separate ways and try to explore ways for them to grow without the attachment. Yep. Because I think maybe it had become unhealthy. And I think the Cowboys are exploring. Maybe that wasn't healthy. Maybe maybe the fact that they've grown too close and that we need some we need someone now with Dak who can have more of structure of a coach player relationship and maybe that's how we take his game to the next level because this really intimate relationship between Kellen Moore and Dak Prescott hadn't worked out like we thought right and not saying it's might have reached the ceiling might have reached the ceiling as you said people say it's a mutually agreed parting of ways I don't disagree with that at all I I know people are mocking that because that doesn't happen in a relationship that is very rare it's like breakup sex mutually parting of ways nobody there's no mutual breakups there's no breakup sex but in this situation I don't necessarily think it's out of the out of the realm that it could have been a mutual breakup yeah I, I strongly believe that I think they both realized maybe Kellen was sitting there saying we've done all we can do here it's time for me to go somewhere else and and make my mark elsewhere and Mike McCarthy was probably thinking the same thing it was like hey I've seen you guys I watched all the film 
while I was retired, so I know what we <laughs> <laughs> I watched all those games, so I understand <laughs> what this is about. So maybe we need to uh, separate and see what we can do as a as a, a happy ex couple. Yes, mm-hmm. so and, and the reports were that basically either the Cowboys put out feelers for Kellen that said to the places with open coordinator positions, "Hey, this may be we may be ending this. Do, does anybody have interest?" And so that's why the deal with the Chargers was so quick. Because I guess on Friday, Thursday, Friday is when this conversation started with the yeah. Chargers, yeah. and then on Saturday they talked more. Then they announced the, that it was over, and then um, today we already get the was that he? he's going to the Chargers. Yeah, but I think that they basically because it was mutual, they went, "Hey, man, we don't we want you to still work. We think you're really good. We just need to step apart." And we said Rodney just texted in and goes, "Well, you know, if he's checking out of every play, that's a coaching problem. Yeah, yep. if he's checking out of every play and he's not running what you call." That is a problem if yeah. it's game after game. So you have to separate the guy from your friend where you can have that hard conversation with somebody that, hey, man, cool. Look, if you want to run out the rest of your contract and go sign somewhere else, fine. But you're not going to do that on our team where, we, where we're the coaches and you tell us what we're play calling. Yeah. It ain't going to happen. You ain't Peyton Manning. Yeah, hard to check out the head coach's calls. Right. Yes. <laughs> we need a timeout. Come here. <laughs> I remember I told you guys Nate Newton was the one I heard who said, oh, no, Dak's checking out of a lot of calls. And I, I would love to know the percentage of those calls, but, you know, if Nate Newton knows what he's talking about, I assume he watches a lot of Cowboys football, and if he says he's checking out of a lot of calls, I assume he's checking out a lot of calls, and not all of them are successful checks right. and audibles for Dak Prescott. So I agree with Patrick. I think you bring in, if it's going to be Mike McCarthy calling the plays, hey, man, I guarantee you Dak – He'll think a couple. He'll think twice before calling audibles and checking out the plays that Mike McCarthy calls, unless they've already discussed that previously. Let me ask you this: Was was his contract expiring as well? Was he one of the coaches whose contract was no, expiring? I think he had at two more time? years. Right? I think he had a year or two more. Because like, yeah. yeah. that was the other part for me, because they they changed a lot of the offensive staff. Like pretty much everybody's gone. Skip yeah. Pete is out of there. Nussmeyer. As a run, yeah. Mm-hmm. Nussmeyer, we wish him well. Field I'm ben- like, I love the fact that he's always putting out, we wish him and the missus well, like putting the wife's name out there. It's like, I understand there's some family. We don't need all that. We don't just say, hey, we wish him well. I don't want to well, know the man's but, wife but, name. Yeah, because you've hung out with the wives. Yeah, and yeah, sometimes yeah, yeah. I believe, because the family of the, the Jones family runs the organization. Correct. And so they've hung out with the wives. So they... I don't think it's always Jerry, because it ain't Jerry writing the statement. Right. I think it's like other family members. It's Steven or it's his wife or his daughter. And then they're like, no, no, put the wives on there. The wives the wives on there. Wow. They, they, we've been hanging out with them, too. Yeah, we don't, we don't like them more than these coaches anyway. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> no, so, sorry, like, I, Go I spend time yeah. with your family. So I think that's kind of what it is. But you're right. It does seem weird. But only, yeah, they had the Cowboys. They yep. Listen, Kellen Moore, was, they love them some Kellen Moore. He grown, yep, he's grown. Yep, yep, that's yep. A, he's a homegrown product. What was that? I said about the Cowboys. They're the most homegrown team in the NFL. Because we like our guys. Yeah, that is factually true. Yeah, Nobody yeah. builds through the draft like the Cowboys. But even when you start talking about the coaching talent, they like to promote from within. Yeah. They have to grab their own guys and stuff like that. So I cannot wait to see who they bring in as an offensive coordinator. I really can't wait for, to see what the search is going to look like. Well, I'm glad you brought that up, Rob, because in my hard knocks life, that is going to be part of the conversation. Ooh, so money. I'm going to throw some names out there for you guys I like that. that we can talk about. And let me see what your thoughts are on them. Obviously, you haven't, we haven't all done the deep, deep dive on, the, on these coaches, but there are a lot of names that are circulating out there. So I'm going to be interested to see how this plays out. And uh, whoever they are, I'm assuming they're not calling the plays. I think they're going to – I think Jerry Jones is compelling mm-hmm. his head coach to call the plays for his quarterback 
and it, he wants Tim to run whatever Mike McCarthy's offense is because I believe they were running Kelly Moore's offense. Mm-hmm. Because why not? That's what Dak has known. It's and funny that's how you use that word in. running because there wasn't a lot of running in that offense. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well played there. Well played. Yeah. And then if the offense, like I said, if it's not a, think about it, if it's not a top five offense, right. that's a bit of a regression. That offense, I mean, that's very fair. But, but I will say that looking at Mike McCarthy's resume, it should be a top ten offense. We just don't know what it's going to look like. Yeah, yeah, it, it's it's a question of uh, well, how are you putting up that offense? The problem I always had with Kellen Moore thing was that he would put up forty points against a terrible team and put up ten against a good team. Uh, bingo. And he went, well, I get your top five, but if it's if it's weighted this way, it's a less effective top five. So if you're top ten, but it's an even across the board top ten, in my view, that's a better acting offense and it's a, a better achieving offense especially like once you get to playoff time yeah i mean he's got to like i said he's got to he's got to get to a conference championship at least and he's dak has to improve and progress and not regress mm-hmm. and yeah that offense has got to be a top 10 offense so if he checks all those boxes i, I think jerry jones will be pleased enough to keep him around if not i think he's on the hot seat i think that's the, yep. the purpose of this is to put mike mccarthy on the hot seat yeah i think it's a uh, pressure whole purpose of it is i yeah. think it's putting <laughs> pressure on dak too to i mean he is coming up to next season would be the season where they start to talk about trying to get an extension mm-hmm. yeah because he'll basically have one more guaranteed year on his deal so that is the season, next off season, where he starts to talk about, hey, I want another X amount of millions of dollars. Mm-hmm. But he's got to go out there and prove something in that. So there's a lot riding on him where I think as much as you're putting pressure on Mike McCarthy to keep his job, you're putting pressure on Dak to go, go earn a contract extension if you want to get one. But if you come out and do the same exact thing as you've done, we're not going to give you one before your contract's up. You know why that won't matter, though, Patrick? That's a very good point. You're right. Because the Cowboys don't draft quarterbacks, so unless they change their organizational habit, I agree. Hey, of, bingo. Of not drafting quarterbacks, I agree. They won't even that won't even matter because they'll be handcuffed hey, back for hey. forever. I'm gonna say they got rid of Kellen Moore, and I didn't think they were gonna do that. That's so, progress. so maybe we're making progress. Yeah, maybe we'll make baby steps. Mike yeah. McCarthy's already got him to draft more quarterbacks than they've had before. So maybe Dak Prescott will be the quarterback coach there in like ten years somehow. Like <laughs> no I, doubt, the Cowboys just weird that way. They just, oh, yeah. <laughs> but I, I, you're right though. You, you, you're right about that. The Cowboys should right now start thinking about what the plan is after Dak Prescott, and, and and they should just honestly they need to study. I hate to say it, study the Eagles. No, there's nothing wrong with that. Like we said, what I say, study the Eagles, man. The Eagles understand that these things happen in cycles. They're the NFL life cycles. And if you're thinking that they're longer than about five years, you're probably doing it wrong. They're about they're about four or five year cycles. They're built around the quarterback position. You can keep your quarterback, but you got to change a lot within your uh, the infrastructure of your organization if you're going to do that. Unless you got a Mahomes, an Allen, a Burrow. One of those elite guys playing at that level. If you're not like that, then you got to do the Philly blueprint, which is, you know what, every four or five years, man, we're just going to scrap this whole damn thing and start over. And they did it with the Nick Foles uh, blueprint, and then they did it, obviously, most recently doing it with Jalen Hurts. And before that, they had Andy Reid and McNabb, and they thought, all right, we are Andy Reid McNabb. We got an elite quarterback, and we got a, well, sorry, we got a, elite coach and we got a quarterback who uh, who may play at an elite level depending on the situation and circumstance we can make this work to keep our window open. Other than that, four to five year windows for teams who don't have elite quarterbacks and you got to start over. The 49ers are doing it. 
Four yeah. announcers doing it right there in the, they're in the process of doing it right now. Like, yeah. nah, man, that, that Jimmy Garoppolo stuff, we're done with it. That was our four or five year window. We missed it. We got to start over and get and hit it again. And it's, that's the way you got to do it. It's funny that you bring that up, though, because I, I personally believe in everything that you just said because of the Jalen Hurts experiment. But that's who Dak is. Dak is Jalen Hurts. Dak was an option quarterback when he was with Mullen. That's fair. That's who they need to bring in. Take them back to those Mississippi State days where he was running the RPO offense to a T. He was a running quarterback that would make passes. He was that, That's when he was good. He took them to number one at Mississippi State. Why is it that you're trying to make him a drop-back passer? That is not who he's – he's never been that quarterback. And to your point, when you look at what Philly does with Jalen Hurts, although he's gotten better in the pocket, 90% of those plays are not him in the pocket. That's him getting outside of the pocket, making throws, making that read when the defensive end is coming down, seeing where that linebacker is and making sure he's getting the ball out of his hands in like 2.5 seconds. Why is it so hard for the Cowboys to – why was it so hard for Kellen? That was the part that was frustrating me is, look, a lot of people say I'm a great coach. This person's a great coach. I think a great coach is somebody that can adapt to what his players are good at. That's a great coach to me. If you put him in a position to where he's comfortable and dropping back to pass has never been Daxon. They put up great numbers. They, <laughs> he can do that, but that's not who he is. Put him in the RPO. Make him make that decision where he can get outside of the pocket. He can pull. He can hand off. That's when they were good. That's when they were putting up huge numbers, but it was early in both he and Zeke's career, and then they changed. They tried to throw the ball. What I say, don't throw the ball more than 25 times in a game and run it more than you throw it. That's success for the Cowboys. No, they were doing that when Cooper Rush was the quarterback. Exactly. And that was working out for him. But, I, uh, you know, I, I, the texture here says, what if Jerry drafts Bijan? Uh, if they draft Bijan, it would say that the Cowboys are going a different route because uh, lately I think they've been going – I think they're building around the passing game like you just talked about. Um, maybe they'll build around a run game and a defense. But what I will say is – because I know we'll get to your uh, your Hard Knock Life, which I want to talk about because it's, it's a Kellen Moore yep. uh, kind of relevant discussion because who are they going to get to replace Kellen Moore? Um, but I want to ask this question because CB threw this out there. I think it's a good question to ask. Um, did Kellen Moore upgrade at quarterback? Oh, yeah. The- Oh, yeah. Right. I mean, if, if, if you're looking at it as a whole and for what he is wanting yeah. to do, absolutely. Yeah. He is that guy. Justin Herbert is a guy that can drop back and got a big arm and can throw, make all the throws around the field. If that's what you wanted and then you feel more, you're going to f- feel better about that, absolutely. He probably got a better receiving core. Austin uh, Eckler. Austin Eckler coming out of the mm-hmm. backfield. He's your Tony Pollard. You know, I mean, they have a lot of weapons. And I think. And Justin Herbert can run. He can, he can run, move. too. He, he can, can move. move. He, yeah. he, unexpectedly for some people, mm-hmm. they're like, oh, wait, he's, he's better than what I thought. And maybe that ceiling that is blocked for Dak, now he can bust through for the way he wants to run his offense because Justin Herbert is that traditional drop back, big arm, stretch the field type of quarterback that will make those big throws where – he hits them a lot more than he misses them. I agree with that. So, uh, all right, what you got, Horse Knock Life? We're going to talk a little bit about this coaching change mm. and who are some of the names that are out there, and I want to get y'all's thoughts on each one of them. All right, we'll come back, Horse Knock Life, talk about who the Cowboys are going to bring in to replace Kellen Moore. All of that and more right here on Bottom Line 104.9. Ladies and gentlemen, guys and dolls, the main event of the evening for your entertainment and pleasure. Mike. 
You have to be so combative. Now, I probably wouldn't say this in front of white folk, but in front of y'all, I'm gonna speak my mind. He has emotional anger issue problems. Hey, are you Dirty Mike and the boys? I'm Mike Lowry. Michael! Oh, that's funny. Michael! Welcome back to Smooth Soul Monday edition of Ball Don't Lie. It's your boy Harbaugh Harge. You can follow me on Twitter at Harbaugh Harge. You can follow my man Rob Babers at Rob Babers. You can follow my man behind the glass at It's Patrick Davis. We also love it when you hit us up on the Specs text line, 512-337-3776. Now, we were talking about this during the uh, during last week. What if? We were playing a lot of the what if game. Because we knew that there were going to be changes in the Dallas Cowboys staff. We were all excited. Well, at least all Cowboy fans were excited when they announced that Dan Quinn was staying. Everybody wanted to throw a party. I was real excited about throwing that party for keeping Dan Quinn. And I don't blame anyone for being excited about that. But the biggest question was, what is this relationship going to be between uh, Dak Prescott and Kellen Moore? Uh, We had already talked about this, and we're going to continue to talk. Was the ceiling what it was as far as we've seen it. This is probably as far as it's going to go. This is what this is what's left because I don't know, even though they had a top five offense, top ten offense the entire time that they were working together, I just felt like uh, there were some things that were to be desired. Mm-hmm. There were some things that were missing, whether it was Dak not connecting on the plays or changing out of plays or the fact that it didn't look like Kellen Moore adjusted when teams started making adjustments to him. You know, some some believe that he did, some believe that he didn't, but at the end of the day, the team seemed to kind of get stale. Um, Patrick brought up a great point. When the offense was playing up against a team that was really, really good defensively, it didn't look like Dallas was prepared and didn't seem to to change the way they were going about their business. So now you're sitting here and we're trying to figure out, okay, who is going to be the next offensive coach? We obviously know It's not going to be an offensive play caller, but who is going to come in to to make this decision for who's going to be with Dak Prescott, breaking down film, telling them what he sees, telling them what he doesn't see. And I'm just curious to that. So I was looking at a couple of names that kind of came across my radar, and one of them happens to be Joe Brady. Hmm. Shocker, right? Joe Brady, he was part of one of the best college football seasons we, we could ever see. Um, He had a lot of weapons, Joe Joe Burrow at the quarterback position. You also saw Terrence Marshall. You had uh, Justin Jefferson. You had Jamar Chase. You had Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. I mean, they were pretty much a juggernaut, (laughs) something that we hadn't Mm -hmm. seen in a very long time in college football. I think probably the last time you saw an offense like that, would you say Reggie Bush's uh, team at USC? where they were scoring a ton of points with Reggie Bush, Matt Liner, mm-hmm. uh, Jared at wide receiver. The tight ends were dope. And mm-hmm. you had two running backs that were went on to play a lot in the NFL, as we're seeing right now with a lot of those LSU players. But you sit here and you start looking at what's next for the Cowboys. So I have Joe Brady. We talked about his college season. I think it's the proper mix of what he can bring out of, of Dak. Now, This all goes back to what we were talking about. This is a regular style offense. This isn't the RPO offense. So I'm just going to say, if you were going to bring another quarterback in, because I don't think Mike McCarthy, regardless of if he says he watches film or not, he's not going to change his ways in the way Mm -hmm. he calls plays. He's more of the traditional drop back, make make it rain type of coach because he thinks you can stretch the field. 
So I'm, I'm, I'm looking at that. I'm also looking at a name that a lot of people probably don't remember, and that's Brian Johnson. He was the quarterback. He's the quarterback's coach right now for the Philadelphia Eagles. Obviously, mm. you see what's happened with he and Jalen Hurts. You also saw even Gardner Minshew at the quarterback position this year. He looked good yeah. until he didn't. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. He did. He looked good. So, but Brian Johnson, he's a former quarterback. He played at um, Utah. He was yeah. the quarterback at Utah back in the day. Uh, he's done. He coached at Mississippi State. He's also coached at U of H. And he's coached at Florida. All of those, he was the quarterback's coach and OC. He was mm-hmm. a QB coach and OC. So going again, it, you're obviously going to bring in a guy that is going to just work with Dak and be his quarterback coach and try to get him lined up. Uh, another name that's been very popular these days, he, was, he used to be an OC in Tampa Bay in 2016 to 2018. And then in Cleveland in 2019, Scratch that for, for Cleveland. We already know <laughs> what that is. But now he's in the college game, and that's Todd Munkin. Yeah. That's another, that's another name that a lot of people have been looking at because he has been in the NFL before. Yep. He's done some amazing things, and mm-hmm. he believed that he, he's going to be able to go back to that. Uh, ne- another name that's okay. been popping up, Brian Schottenheimer. Remember him when he yeah. was at – when he was at – Mm. I want to say Seattle. He's he was been at, for a yeah, long time. he was in Seattle yeah. with Russ. He was trying to let him cook, and he also knows Dan Quinn. I mean, they they can probably work well mm. together. So I'm curious to of those four names. If you had to choose one of those, who would be out of those names? Who would you look at right now? Right now. Oh man, that's good. Right now, I'd probably look at someone like Todd Munkin. Or yeah, probably Todd Munkin. Yeah, look probably, what he did with Stetson. Bennett. Right now, of that group, of just of that group, yeah, Todd Munkin probably. Yeah, I, yeah. that's and who, then, and I, then Brian. I gotta look at Brian Johnson's resume actually yeah. a little bit more, but I'd like to some of those concepts the Eagles are running. I do too. Yeah, so like I, I said, it goes back to who Dak is. Yeah, you can bring conceptually some of that, which I'd like to. Right. Yeah. Right, and then another name just that was thrown out there that somebody sent me, and I was like, no. Uh, Ben McAdoo, not a fan of him. I'm not a fan. Not of a him. fan of him I'm at sorry. all. I'm, I really don't like his mustache, and that's what <laughs> really bothers me. So he's out of there. Uh, another name that's popped up is quarterback coach Tom Clements. He was with Mike McCarthy before mm. in in uh, Green Bay, which I don't necessarily want any of those people to come yeah. in there. You know what I'm saying? I'll I think because the, the game is changing. The game is changing, and you brought it up perfectly just a second ago when you were talking about the Eagles' offense and how they're being able to be effective. And I know we can all say, well, they're just hot right now, but it, but it makes sense. It does make it sense. It makes sense for what you have at the quarterback position. If, if you have a guy that is a big six foot four guy dropping back in the pocket that has a big, strong arm mm-hmm. that is very accurate, then I would say, okay, go get a guy like that. That's not who Dak is. Nope. What have I always said? I said play action, and I also said I wish he would have ran more this year. Mm-hmm. I, I I thought that was a major part of his game that he stopped using, and maybe it's he's frightful. He broke his leg. I mean, that, could that could be part of it too, yeah. and I don't blame him for that. But that was the whole thing that I was really worried about was why isn't he running? And then one last name, <laughs> Byron Leftwich. Oh. I'm not excited about that. Right, right. 
That doesn't excite I'm, me. I'm, I'm, I'm with you on the Munkin thing. I think he would be number 1A, but I think Joe Brady would be 1B because I think Joe Brady's concepts, to your point, is something that I think both sides can learn from. I think Mike McCarthy can learn a little bit from that, and I also think that, that Dak Prescott can run I don't disagree. That what, what I will say is that I like Joe Brady. I actually did more research on Joe Brady, and I did a lot of OCs from when his, he played Texas or when Texas played him yep. uh, when he was the OC with LSU. A lot of his concepts, though, have shown to mm, to be not ineffective but less effective when he doesn't have the big arm quarterback of a Joe Burrow. Yeah. So I want somebody like that's why that's why I like Todd Monk and stuff with Stetson Bennett. Yeah. 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 Yep. <laughs> you know what I mean? So conceptually, yeah, Joe Burrow was great. Joe Joe Brady was great, but he was great with two first round wide receivers and ones in the MVP race yep. right now, along yep. with that same quarterback. So I I need conceptually things that work when the talent level is, you know, less no less so than when it's more. Right? Yep. I need somebody that's gonna do more with less with their offensive system, right. but not less with more. Yeah. And the Joe Brady, for me, the main thing would be that Josh Allen seemed to regress a bit this year, at least in turnovers yeah. and discipline. And so, I don't know. I there, Part of me really wants to get a at least a somewhat older mind in there to try and work with Dak. And at least, even if you're not going to get that guy at OC, you have to get that guy at QB coach. He just needs to have a somebody that he can have a relationship with that is not as peer-to-peer. Mm-hmm. And more is coach to player. Yep. Uh, just because I think that you know we we've seen that even if Mike McCarthy takes over the play calling that they didn't have that relationship in the past, and you just wanted him to have somebody that he can go to and confide in. Right. But he does not think, hey man, I can walk over this guy. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just I'm I'm looking at I'm looking at this as something, not necessarily the relationship part of it. To your point, Patrick. Mm-hmm but more of the X's and O's because we you have to get to the bottom and the crux of why this has happened to Agreed. Dak. Agreed. Because this is not who, he, who's, who he's been, you know, as far as the interceptions and what happened. We can go back to the, the overthinking, not reading. People keep saying, he can't read defenses. I'm like, dude has played really good football for a long time. Mm-hmm. And yep. when he was out, besides this year, you saw what happened – the previous year when he was out for the entire time. Mm-hmm. Cowboys were awful. So awful. do we say, to your point of what you've asked before, Dallas and that, that high-powered offense, was it more Kellen or was it more Dak? Well, it was when Kel- when Dak was out, they weren't very good. No. Remember, they ran through a bunch of quarterbacks. Andy Dalton couldn't even get this team going. And the offensive coordinator was the same at that time. So I'm just curious to – like. Where who's going to be the next person that could come in and just settle him down? Yeah, I mean that's Daryl Bevel is a guy that I like a lot for that. Just I think that he wasn't he the guy he he was in Seattle as well. Right? He was in Seattle. Yeah. He was in Green Bay with Mike McCarthy. Some yeah. Like yeah. he's been he's been around enough. Yeah. Or actually, yeah. I think he was right before Mike McCarthy yeah. in Green Bay. But he's been around enough. He's currently the uh, uh, quarterbacks coach and passing game coordinator for Miami. So he's working with That'll a good mind good. in Miami as well right yeah. now, but you yeah. can give him up. You can talk to him about offensive coordinator if you're going to give him the bump up, but he's been an offensive coordinator plenty of times in the past. Right. But I, I, that's somebody that I think is like, okay, he's somebody who's been around a little bit longer, 
has worked with other great mm-hmm. quarterbacks. He did like that Seattle offense with Russell Wilson. Yeah, they it were was really a run good. game based offense. Absolutely. So there's stuff in that where it's that kind of thing is really not a sexy hire. But it could be something I don't need to be sexy anymore. Yeah, <laughs> it could dubs. be something for <laughs> if we're doing this experiment for a year of Mike McCarthy. You go with that, and then he also does have history with Dan Quinn, yeah, uh, being in Seattle. So he may be somebody that would stick around if Dan Quinn yeah, moved yeah, up, yeah, and, yeah, and yeah. just all that could be a thing. I like it. I yeah, like it. no, I agree. I mean, it's going to be really interesting to see which way they go. I'm with you. They don't go with a younger offensive coordinator with more progressive concepts, then, yeah, with the quarterback coach, maybe they'll go with a younger quarterback coach there and then go with a veteran offensive coordinator. It's going to be really interesting to see how they lay down the dynamics yeah. of this new uh, relationship with this Dak Prescott. Regime. Yeah, and Dak Prescott, I want to know how much input he's going to have. Uh, we have any input at all? Yeah, he's gonna have to make some adjustments. We we see that. Well, just input on who no, the hire is gonna be. I think he will. I mean, sometimes you know they decide not to ask the players at all, and sometimes we've seen lately in the NBA application of the NFL, uh, the guys, uh, the quarterbacks have a ton of input on who the next coordinator is gonna be. Sometimes they pick the next coordinator because of the quarterback. Yeah, that's uh, true too. Not sure if the Cowboys are gonna do that or not. All right, we come back. We'll get into uh, a little off the record on the other side, right here on Ball Don't Lie, one hundred four nine the horn. D Mega Doodoo. I'm sorry, Mangudu. Once it's turned on, the sign will spell out Delhi Cat Essen. Well, well, I don't get a brain bag. Congratulations. Continue good sex in the sex in the Big East. Thank you, Jimmy. And boom goes the dynamite. It's time for another edition of Off the Record. Do it live! I can I'll write it and we'll do it live. And thing sucks. All right, welcome back to Ball Don't Lie right here on 104.9 The Horn. Uh, let's discuss what some people are describing as essentially they're saying the Empire State Building. Like the and whoever runs the Empire State Building, they're basically accusing them of being disloyal <laughs> to their New York team, New York sports teams. So the Empire State Building, gentlemen, was lit green Sunday night in celebration and to honor the Philadelphia Eagles beating the 49ers Mm -hmm. and advancing to the Super Bowl. Yeah. Um, This is a real thing. And it was lit green. And then later after the – and by the way, they were lit up, uh, no pun intended, uh, on social media for this by a lot of New York sports fans – calling them disloyal and saying, like, what the F is A lot of the athletes who play for New York sports franchises also sounded off on Twitter. Um, One New Yorker said, New Yorker here, what the F are you doing, Empire State (laughs) Building? Is this a joke? I need the Empire State Building to not be supporting the Eagles. This is insane. Uh, Another user said, I can't believe the Empire State Building would betray the Giants like this. I don't even give a damn. They, nobody thought about the Jets and them being green. They don't even give a damn. Huh? Exactly. <laughs> That's why they had that. They're like, we don't try these green lights. Jets ain't won nothing. You <laughs> no reason to use these green lights. Yeah, everybody used to so they were right. It was for the Eagles, but nobody even brought up the Jets. Like, hey, the Jets are green. Nobody yeah. cares. Uh, but yeah, they were very. People were very upset by this. And later, uh, later that night, they also. Uh, turned it red to celebrate the Chiefs, and most people believe that this was done to try to 
you know, CYA yeah, to kind of yeah, cover yeah, their yeah, behinds yeah. because they had somehow somebody either through a prank or some Eagles fan that had infiltrated the Empire State staff uh, had decided to show some uh, love to the Eagles in New York City by uh, changing the lights or having the lights glow green in celebration of the Eagles making it to the Super Bowl. Is this, what do you guys think? This is, this is a violation of the G code or not? I'm more of, if you, <laughs> why are you doing it in the first place? That's a great point. We don't know. We, like, they really, like really what was know. the purpose for you of all people to say, you know what? I'm going to light it up tonight. We're watching football. Why not light it up for something else? Like, and why do you have to have it lit? There was no reason. It's lit. It's lit for no reason. <laughs> like, I'm really curious to what's that. You know, I feel like being a good Samaritan today, so I'm going to give some love to everybody that's playing, and we're not. Like, why? That's not even the New Yorker like, no, attitude. That's York, why all these people want to yeah, fight them. <laughs> that's the New Yorker attitude. They want to fight. Oh, yeah. Uh, do you know in Seinfeld when, uh, when they're doing the marathon and Jerry's girlfriend's Yells out the window. She goes, "You're all winners." Yes, <laughs> that's that's the World Trade Center. <laughs> that's Everybody good right gets there. a trophy. I yeah. like that. Yeah, I like that. That is true. I don't know why they. Yeah, that's a great point. I don't know. We got to do research and find out if they've done this before. Yeah. Um, but I don't. I mean, I, I, we haven't seen these stories of them doing this before. So apparently, New Yorkers they don't remember it. Otherwise, they wouldn't have been going crazy via social media. Uh, yeah, I'm gonna say a violation of G code because there's, as you pointed out, hearts no real reason for them None. to be just giving random shout outs. It's the Empire State Building, and it's your. It shouldn't be just giving random shout outs to anybody. It should be like a very special occasion, exactly. That unites all New Yorkers or unites us all. That you know what they won the Super Bowl, maybe. Maybe. No. <laughs> no. No. Not at all. <laughs> Never. 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 No. Never. No. Let me ask this. So we're getting no. on them. Do we get on Kevin Hart too? So Kevin Hart, this is when the Philly won the Super Bowl a few years back. That Kevin Hart, known big Giants fan, but uh, from Philly. Yeah. But he is a huge Giants fan. Fights and tries to get his way. He gets himself on the field. Yeah, I remember. And then he's too. trying to get onto the stage when the security guard puts his hand in his chest. I remember this, yeah. actually. And everyone and everyone's like, oh, yeah, well, he's from Philly. Like, no, man, that dude's a Giants fan. Dude's a Giants fan. Yes. Are the Giants just the most cheated upon franchise now? <laughs> yeah, that's like well, me going, to, just like me going to the uh, Chargers. <laughs> yeah, when one of your own landmarks are, are trying to troll you. Yes. That is bad. So I, I'm with you. That is that is crazy. They are, because they're such hated rivals of one another, I think hard just right. Yeah, you can't do it. You can't. You can't ever show love to Philly like that. Not at all. You guys don't. As, the cities don't really like one another, and especially the teams don't like one another. No, and you oh. can't do if it was Washington or the Cowboys. You couldn't do it either. Couldn't exactly. Do it. Right. I mean, it don't make sense for the Chiefs. Oh, they the Chiefs are really the manager. It's like, well, now this is silly. That is silly. <laughs> yeah, you're not even the same. I, mean, I agree. It's just it's silly. Period. I don't know why they did. <laughs> exactly. I think honestly, we'll find out that a Philly fan, a Philly fan, yeah. or somebody who works within a department, it was their idea. We can trace it back to a Philly oh, fan. I, I hope it's just some. I hope it's just I'm some nice old lady who is just as like. I think it'll be nice to say hi, and you know, New York's a melting pot, and we will welcome, we everybody welcome everybody here. And she just walks into work today, and they're like, "Edith, you are fired." <laughs> <laughs> Terrible, <laughs> friendly ideas. Yeah, no, New Yorkers aren't friendly. They don't want ideas all. like this. Reminds me of the Seinfeld episode. Speaking of Seinfeld, Patrick, when Lloyd Braun suggested to Elaine <laughs> that everybody wear name tags. Yes. Oh, no, Elaine suggested to him that everybody. 
and then he, he suggested to the mayor, and then he got fired because it cost of the election. It cost of the election. <laughs> <laughs> uh, because he suggested that everybody were name tag. Yeah, New Yorkers do not like uh, very um, friendly ideas like that. They don't want to share, and they don't want to be friendly. They're New Yorkers, damn it. Yeah. Uh, all right, we'll come back. We'll get into more conference championship review on the other side. I'll talk about the Eagles and the Chiefs advancing to the Super Bowl. All of that and more right here on Ball Don't Lie on 104.9 The Horn.